Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. It's very important you see, we believe the second coming has two phases. The first phase is the rapture. Jesus comes for his church. He takes us out of the world. The second phase of Jesus' return is when he comes back to the earth with his church. We actually, who have been caught up in the heavens, come back with God at this ending time, this second part. So much of what is to come in the end times is unknown. One of the big components will be the second coming of Jesus. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners of the rapture and second coming of Christ, two separate events. There are many signs that can prepare us for the end of the world, but more than anything, we don't have to be afraid. If you're a Christ follower today, there should be no fear about where you will end up, for your eternity is secure. Understanding his return is nearing, we should be all the more passionate in the spreading of the gospel to a broken world. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Up and Away, The End of the World. Turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. We'll begin in a moment at verse 15. You know, people have always been interested in how the world began and how the world will end. Today we're going to talk about a very interesting passage, a little event, a little snapshot in time. Well, look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Jesus makes a great statement. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader be confused. Is that what it says? No, let the reader understand. So we can know. So Jesus is talking about a time in the great tribulation, the middle time, when an individual called the Antichrist, an actual satanic person, who is going to come on the scene, the whole world is going to flock to him, including Israel. This abomination that causes desolation is a time when the Antichrist will stand in the brand new temple that he allows the Jews to rebuild on the Temple Mount, 
When he stands, he's going to say to the Jewish people, I'm God. They will realize he is not Christ, who they've been deceived into believing, but he is the anti-Christ. Now, we know that this man of lawlessness can't even come on the scene because that is in the middle of the tribulation, three and a half years in. But he comes on at the start of the tribulation. But we know he can't be revealed yet until something very significant happens. What is it that will cause the Antichrist to be revealed? That he'll come into sight, that we'll finally understand who he is. If you will turn with me first to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians, toward the end of the Bible, two-thirds of the way through, chapter 2. Vieira, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. Now, as I said, there's something significant that has to happen. When it happens, it will be real. It will happen in an instant. It would be something the world has never seen before and never will see again. What we want to study about this morning is, when will it happen? How will it happen? And why does it happen? You've turned to 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 7. For the secret power of lawlessness, Paul says, is already at work. But the one who now holds it back, in other words, there is a restrainer that puts a clamp a little bit on evil, will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be, noticed revealed. Whom the Lord Jesus eventually will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. This is a picture of an event called the rapture. It's the setting stage for end times events. You see, the tribulation cannot occur until the Antichrist and his satanic reign, it can't start until a restrainer is removed. You see, today, all through the world, the church has an effect on society. Now, it's becoming less and less and less. But if the church was gone today, can you imagine what our society would look like? When that day comes, notice your verse, when that restrainer is removed, as we see there, when the Holy Spirit in the church is removed from the earth, all hell breaks loose. Now here's the problem. How does the church get removed? How does God take millions and billions of people around the world and remove them from the earth so that 
the Antichrist can come on the scene, begin this period called the tribulation. How in the world does that work? Notice there's a word up there called the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. That's the event that we believe the Bible speaks about that's going to catapult the church out of this world. I just wanted you to look at it for a second. Now, we'll take that down and turn to First Thessalonians. You're right there. Chapter 4, verse 17. Some of you today are probably going to say, Pastor Mark, you said the word rapture? Yeah, I've heard that before. I heard this teaching. I can't find rapture in my Bible. So who came up with this term? It's not even biblical. Well, it's because you have the wrong Bible. (laughs) If you had a Latin Bible, you would have no problem at all. Look at this verse, 1 Thessalonians 4.17. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be, here's the word, circle it in your Bible, caught up. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. You see, the New Testament was written in the Greek language. The Greek language, the word for caught up is harpazo. Most of you have not used that word this week. Well, then when the Bible was translated into Latin, the Latin translators used that word, and their word for caught up is raptus. Raptus, translated in the English language, is rapture. So here it is. Rapture is simply means, whether it's Latin, Greek, or English, it means caught up, to snatch away. Actually, in the original language, it means forcibly caught up. So what is this rapture? Here it is, the definition. It's the time of Jesus' return, and you want to circle this word, in the air, to take His followers to heaven. His followers to heaven. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, we have the most direct and clear teaching on the rapture. It speaks only of believers, living and dead. It says nothing about the wicked seeing Christ. Paul describes Jesus coming very differently. He says in the air, but says nothing about Jesus' feet touching the earth. So, what is the rapture? How is it different from this second coming? And let me just give you a a little uh, understanding of where we're going today. A little disclaimer. There's wonderful born-again believers that are going to be in heaven with us that believe all kinds of different things about this second coming, how it's going to happen, whatever. But here's two things every born-again Christian believes. One, notice the cross. Everyone knows that you can't become a Christian unless you come to Jesus Christ. That's the only way. So everybody can get saved. The second thing any person that's a real Christian believes is that Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. Amen? Amen. Everybody agrees that. In between, we have different people. I'm not going through the four different kinds of pictures of when the rapture will occur, mid, pre, pre pre-wrath, end, start, whatever. Let me just say this. I'm going to teach you what I believe the Bible teaches. 
And I'm in pretty good company because the Apostle Paul, I believe, teaches this. Secondly, maybe you've heard of some of these people before. Charles Stanley, Chuck Swindoll, Adrian Rogers, David Jeremiah, John MacArthur, all the Assembly God churches, all the Baptist churches, Southern Baptist, they all believe in what we call the pre-trib rapture. In other words, that God is going to take his children out of the earth before the tribulation starts. So that's what I'm going to teach you today as we go through. Now, what's the differences between, notice on your screen, everybody still with me? Look where the rapture is. You see where the rapture is? Right at the end of the church age, there's a group of people that gather. To, they're up in the air. They're headed to heaven. Okay? Now go all the way to the end of the tribulation. We see something there on the screen called the day of the Lord. That's the second coming. Watch that. And let me explain to you the difference that we see in the scripture between the rapture and the second coming. Some people will say they're all the same. We don't see that at all. Notice, first of all, in the rapture, Christ comes in the air. In the second coming, he actually comes to the earth. His feet step down on this mount, the Mount of Olives. Remember, Zechariah says, and the mountain splits in two. So in the rapture, he never makes it to the earth. He's in the air. In the second coming, he comes. In the rapture, his coming is secret. Boom. We know from the scripture, over here, the day of the Lord, which is the second coming, The Bible says, every eye will see him. Very different. Third, when he comes, the next thing that happens is the tribulation. He comes to keep the believers from tribulation. At the end, when he comes back on his second coming, he comes to end judgment. And he does that through the battles of Armageddon and all of those kind of things that we'll talk about next week. When he comes in the rapture, the very next thing that happens is the tribulation period begins. It starts. And at the end, when the second coming comes and all the battles are over and the seven-year tribulation ends, the very next thing is not the tribulation. It's the millennium. It's a thousand years of peace on earth. And of course, then we'll talk about that as we move through this series. So here's what you need to write. And you can write it right in Thessalonians chapter 4 there in your Bibles, Vieira or here in Melbourne. This next statement. It's very important you see, we believe the second coming has two phases. The first phase is the rapture. Jesus comes for his church. He takes us out of the world. The second phase of Jesus' return is when he comes back to the earth with his church. We actually, who have been caught up in the heavens, come back with God at this ending time, this second part. Now, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Brothers, Paul says, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or those who have already died that are Christians or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Notice a very first important key. We do not want you to be ignorant. God doesn't want his children uninformed about end time events. So Paul writes about it. There was confusion in Thessalonica about people had died and they didn't know their relatives had died. They didn't know what happened to them, where'd they go, whatever. So they were confused. 
So Paul explains this. And I'm a man of good news this morning. Because I can say to you today, as we go through this, you will not be uninformed. You will know what's going to happen. Why it happens. Now, some things we do see through a cloud darkly. We don't understand it all. But the main keys we do. This is why we teach through all the Bible. So you're going to find this morning from Scripture, not from Calvary Chapel or the First Baptist or myself, we're not ignorant. We're going to know about what happens when we die as Christians, what happened to those people who have already died, and what happens, as you saw on the screen, when people are left here on earth after the rapture. Look down at verse 14. Paul says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. In other words, those believers who have died. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are alive, speaking of Christ's followers, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. And notice these two things. One, the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, verse 17, number two, we who are still alive and are left will be, here we go again, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And here's good news. And so we will be with the Lord, how long? Forever. Is that like good news? That's like great news. Forever. Forever. Now here's this picture again on the overhead. Let me explain to you what happens. Some of you are maybe a little confused as to what really takes place. So let's go through this as you take a look at the screen. We're talking about the rapture right at the end of the church age. There's a moment in time when God comes for his children. Jesus comes in the air. What happens? Notice you just read the dead in Christ. That means Christ's followers who have previously died will be resurrected to meet Christ in the air. How does that work? Well, remember when a Christian dies, their spirit goes where? Immediately to heaven. So if you would die today, before the rapture, and you're a Christian... Your body goes into the ground, either cremation or or into a casket. But your spirit goes where? Immediately with the Lord. We don't believe that the Bible teaches soul sleep. Jesus said to the man, the thief, that agreed to ask him for forgiveness. Remember what Jesus said to the thief? Today you'll be with me in, in paradise. Paul said, absent from the body, we're immediately present with the Lord. So any of our, my dad, my mom, my brother, many of your relatives have died. Their spirit is with God in heaven. Instantly they go to heaven. Now we don't know exactly what happens at that point. Most people, and I'm, I'm one that believes this, they get a temporary kind of spiritual body. But when the rapture occurred, he's in the air. Instantaneously, their body meets their spirit And they get their permanent new body. Now, does anybody wonder what that body down here looks like? Huh? Now, what were we made of to start with? Tell me. 
You see, we're just dirtbags. That's all we are. And people say, well, how can God correct? I mean, how can God put this body that's been in the grave for 25 years or whatever with the spirit? How, how can he put that together? I have no idea. He had no problem the first time. He'll have no problem the second time. This is why we have no problem at all with cremation. Many of you email me all the time. Well, I think cremation is unbiblical. Well, where are you going to find that? No, it's not unbiblical at all. Because all cremation does is speed up what life does. So, I mean, my dad's been dead 20 years. If I go and open his casket, you know, in a nice suit, pastor's tie. What do you think's in there? Dust. Same thing there is in cremation after just a few minutes. So relax. It's okay. God's having no problem. He can find the dust. Well, we scattered the ashes. No problem. <laughs> Relax. He's God. He's not your mortician trying to find out. Well, why don't they even forget it? So immediately they get a brand new body. Now, why do they go before us that are alive? Here's why. They got farther to go. They're six feet under. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. Now... What happens next? Well, we just learned. After the dead in Christ rise, notice what the scripture said. We who remain and are alive, join them. So let's say the rapture happened right now. All of a sudden, what happens here is, immediately my body goes right up into the heavens, in the air. And what happens then? I get a new body. Is anybody excited about that? Yes. Immediately, my spirit puts on a new heavenly body, one fitted for eternity, just like the dead in Christ have already got. And when that happens, it's a beautiful thing. No more pain, no more suffering, no more sin, no more death, no more Botox. (laughs) Ladies, husbands, you'll be ecstatic. Your wife will never be late because of having to put on makeup. Her face will be perfect, beautiful. And by the way, those of you that are always late to church, I'll never have to say anything to you again. You know why? Because there's no time in heaven. It's going to be beautiful. And by the way, I'm going to be 6'11". You know that. And it's going to be a great time. Now, as that all happens, we go right to heaven. And so we will be with the Lord forever. You see, that's the promise. And Jesus said, you don't have to worry. I'm coming back for you. The rapture causes that to happen. The rapture causes that to happen. Dead in Christ rise first. They've already been, their spirit's been in heaven, joins their body, brand new body. Those of us that are alive, that are Christ followers, immediately go to the air, we get our brand new body. We go to the Father's house, and then forever in heaven, we are with the Lord. The rapture is the time of Jesus' return in the air to take his followers to heaven. This is phase one of Jesus' return. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that the next event on deck to occur leading up to the end of the world is the rapture of the church. Only those who have placed their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life will be included in the rapture. Do not miss this time where Jesus meets His church in the clouds. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. So what is to come of the world after the rapture of the church? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share his views on end-time prophecy, particularly in the timing of the tribulation and rapture. In Scripture, God speaks of rescuing and protecting believers from the oncoming wrath. The tribulation will be a seven-year period of God's judgment on the earth. And just like the rapture, we do not know the hour of its coming. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurry